on a, this very special episode of It Burns When I Pod, the tattooing industry. Is it done for? Is it? I don't know. That's what we're going to figure out tonight. I think I think tattooing's done for, Jason. Oh, my goodness. We've ruined the industry. Or one person's ruined it. You know what? 24 years I've been doing artist. this, wasted. Yeah. It's uh, get your get your guns, get in your basements. You know, it's it's all over, guys. <laughs> um, the industry is finished. We have <sighs> completely committed suicide. At, at least that's how I see it. Um, we should have let the market play out. And it was doing just fine. Okay. That, that lady, um, what's her name? Who went to the other lady, the tattoo artist, and she got bilked for like thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. We should have just shut up and let her say her piece. Right. And let other people go, oh, yeah, that is a ripoff. And then move the fuck on. Right. Don't go to that artist. Mm-hmm. And we as artists should have sat, sat back and just let just the let client it ride. figure out. But no, every artist needed to, to say their fucking two cents. And me being a hypocrite that I am, I'm here <laughs> to give you my two cents on right? the whole thing. Cha-ching, two and, cents. And... Uh, my whole thing is uh, I, I hate this industry, and I hate everyone in it. And I think we're all a bunch of fucking clout-chasing hypocrite assholes. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> wow. I mean, everybody seems to enjoy that uh, that sentiment there. But, yeah, I, I, I got to say, I don't hate our industry. I hate a lot of the people that are in it. And I hate a lot of the people that have to formulate some sort of opinion. And they, well, this goes back to society itself right now anyway. Everybody seems to have to have some sort of opinion to feel validated about their own life. You know, it's almost as if, like, oh, okay, I don't have an opinion about something. Something bad is going to happen. No, you don't have to have an opinion. It's okay to sit back and observe. You don't have to necessarily make a statement like, okay, so this lady... Give a little backstory, which everybody listening to this is already this is going to know. Already old news. It's it's already old news because it happened three days ago. And w- let me say, let me get this frustration frustration out in front, right. so I don't carry in resentment. But you had to go see your stupid mother on Mother's yep, Day. Yep, yep. Instead of recording, love you, mom. When when the iron was hot on this tattoo game, <laughs> right? But. Uh, how I was mean, your I mean, how was the, your Mother's Day by the way? Oh, it wasn't too bad. You yeah. know, we we typically uh, when I I go over to my mom's house for any function um, over there like Christmas, New Year's, whatever it is, I usually just go down to Pandolin and get some Chinese food because I absolutely love that place. Mm. And you know, it's one of the places that I don't really eat a lot. Um, you know, it's down by you know kind of Nubo Metro High School area, so it's a ways down there for me. Living in Hiawatha, I've got to drive all the way over there. But either way. Um, yeah, it, it was a good time. I mean, I, I took food over there. We ate and uh, hung out for like a minute, and then uh, then I went about my day. Um, I don't really spend a lot of time doing family-type things. Oh, shame, shame, I'm, shame. I'm not, a, I'm not a holiday guy. I don't like the pressure that people put on holidays to spend time with loved ones and Especially stuff like Mother's that. Especially Mother's Day. Um, you know, like, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I think I, I stopped and bought her some flowers and a little potted plant and, you know, some stuff like that. But um, either way, yes, I was busy that day. Um, however, this all actually happened, you know, like a, a couple of days a, ahead of time. This was blowing up the Internet. It was all over TikTok. It was just viral as all hell. And this lady basically got scammed, according to her. You know, and and realistically, like you've got everybody in the tattoo industry jumping down this lady's throat, like, oh yeah, you got scammed. You're you're you know, here I'll help make it right. I'll do this or I'll you know whatever. And well, let me are, ask you this question: Do you yeah. think it was the right or wrong move for this person, uh, this customer, to not reveal the name of the artist? It's obvious that people are going to look it up. People yeah. are going to find it. Like I think, you know, she, like how did they? How did they find it? If they, if she didn't even say who it was, I think she, somewhere along the line it had to have come out. I think going in mm-hmm. with this TikTok story, she knew she was sicking the world on this artist, right? But she didn't want to be the one to actually do it. Yeah, and See, I and think that's kind that's of like a little a shitty, half-ass kind of. I, I mean, so I feel for the lady because she got duped. Oh, sure, and she didn't. She got duped, but. She ended up spending money on on you know one hundred and eighty dollars for just a consultation. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Then, you know, money down for the tattoo. Then uh, money for the design itself. The design itself is where the problem was. She was yeah. like, yo, I paid $1,500 and I got this shitty sketch. Yeah. Okay. And let's say for the record, both of us agree that the artist was completely in the wrong on this. And not only in the pricing, but also the shitty way she treated her client in that email exchange. I didn't right. read it word for word. Right. But I, I you know, I paused it for a little bit, a bit and, and looked at, you know, some of the responses. And I'm just like, wow. She really has a high opinion of herself yeah. as an artist. But but on the on the flip side, now I agree with you. I, I, I do, but I do want to play devil's advocate for a second. Please. If that is that lady's process and how she does her business, then that's that's really the client's fault for falling into it. Mm-hmm. How, now, however, in this particular instance, there was a lot of unclear things going on. Now, since the fact, I do believe that when I looked at this person's website, it actually stated, here's our price for this. Mm-hmm. This is this, this is this, this is that. Yeah. You know, it's been made a little bit more clear. So to me, if I'm going to go ahead and let's say, for example, come to a tattoo to you and you have it listed on your website that you charge X amount of dollars for a consult that does not go towards the tattoo. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's his process. I want his artwork. That's how I want to do it. I'm going to pay the $180. If that includes me having to pay $1,500 just for you to design the design, and that doesn't go towards the tattoo, which th- this is fucking asinine. But if that's your process, mm-hmm. and I truly want you to do the tattoo, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Well, I think there's a tendency in a lot of you know? um, uh, customers, and this can uh, go towards any. Uh, it's gonna apply anywhere uh, where there's you know an exchange, right, of a good or service. Mostly a service. If it's an interaction with a person, there's lots. There can be uh, lots of uh, misinterpretation. Now, there's a tendency sometimes when we're talking to a client that sometimes you get the indication from them that they're not really a hundred percent on board with what's going on. Right. And you know when you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can feel like they're not exactly expressing oh, or communicating. Yeah. Uh, fully to what you're like agreeing with what you're saying but they're just kind of like nodding their head and some people go in and i understand this sometimes people are intimidated intimidated by tattoo artists you come in and right and the process because they're unfamiliar with it. it's a very different environment sometimes Mm -hmm. we forget that and um some people just kind of go along sometimes with designs like a glazed eye yeah you know they don't really know overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and personally when i was being told about this whole thing when they when uh, I think uh, a coworker was was talking about this and when she was stating the fees for each step of the process right my eyes glazed over and went what like how can you even keep track I, it's 180 for the console and like all the numbers are kind of funky too. it's like They're 115 or it's like fifteen hundred dollars gets you like one rough sketch and you can make one adjustment yeah if you want more adjustments, you have to pay like another fee or something. Right. And then there's a second tier where you get two sketches, a couple changes. And then there's a final, like a third option where you actually get behind door a, number three, a, you know, a couple sketches, a few like unlimited changes. And then you actually get like a fully rendered picture of it. Right. Which, I mean, artwork wise, sure, if you're getting a, a fully rendered piece of art, you know, on like a, What's that pronounced? Geekly print or whatever they're called, you know? I don't know what you're talking uh, about. It's like G-I-C-L-E-E. It's like oh, a... Oh, just, Gisley. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I've never, I think that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, whatever it is. If you're getting a high quality, you know, original piece of artwork, even at that, dude, like a couple thousand dollars, that's too much. I, bu- I bought that, that picture hanging in my tattoo booth from that French girl that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And she, this is her original painting. And I bought that for like $1,500 for an auction that was like benefiting some children in fucking Kuwait or some shit. I don't even remember what it was, but like it it wasn't the Middle East. But either way, it was like benefiting a good thing. Right. And I spent $1,500 on that. And it's amazing, right? 
So for somebody to pay like five grand for, you know, in my mind, and I'm a tattoo artist, I've been doing this for over two decades. I'm still like flabbergasted at the point that you would charge that much for a drawing, whether it's hand painted or, or anything. But then again, you know, art is of course subjective. And as we found out from this scenario, when even, you know, cops are even being called with a different client that I sent you some videos about that one regarding the same artist, there's nothing you can do about it. That's their price. Yeah. You know, you can't argue with it. Well, you know, as cringeworthy as I find Andy Warhol, I, I, I do agree when he said art is anything you can get away with. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Look at any modern art gallery, museum. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, people honestly go, is this money laundering? What's going on here? Like, Right. Um, Probably. If, if somebody's going to pay for it, that means it's worth what it was paid for. Right. And this is where it gets kind of um, – I don't necessarily like the democratization of – art in terms of like what something's worth like uh-huh. all the artists kind of police each other on like I, I i understand that in practice but on an idealistic level there's i i don't know it's there's always this tension between what we do as an artist and what we do as a business person right and there's always this conflict at play and it's mm-hmm. always this constant negotiation and the problem is out of this whole um controversy is i think whatever Productive discussion, whatever um, things that were needing to be addressed on our end about how sometimes we can get taken advantage of. Yeah. In terms of revisions and the time we spend outside of the tattoo right. studio. Um, and people don't realize how much time yeah, we spend outside of work. Yeah. You're you know, when they're like, working. oh, this tattoo's only going to take you, you know, like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And it took me a long time to draw it ahead of time. It took me, you know, time to set up. It took me all the stuff that I have to do it. It took me what is that common thing where they say like you're not paying for the 2 hours of the tattoo, you're paying for the 2 decades of experience right. that I've got. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like that. I mean in a way. It's like the ice uh, iceberg where it's like the iceberg you see above water is like this is much the success. And then it's like 10 times deeper yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's validity in the system that Russ Abbott set up. Right. To give uh, a a client, a prospective client, a um, a more uh, in depth, fully realized design, right? While also uh, accommodating the artist's time to the fullest extent. Now, I do think that there was there is uh, something there, but whatever was there has been thoroughly fucking destroyed, in my opinion, because every artist was so um. Upset, this is upset, angered, a- and once once I heard Russ Abbott thrown into this whole um, controversy, that's when I realized a lot of people weren't necessarily outraged about a client being taken advantage of, a customer being exploited, as much as they took joy and pleasure in like taking out a big name like Russ Abbott. Mm-hmm. Now, there, like I said, I am not endorsing what this artist did. Right. I think it was shitty. I think it was exploitive. I think it was just, it was ridiculous. Well, realistically, the the so so what you're talking about about Russ Abbott, he's got that launch pad thing. The way that, yeah. in, in my mind, it's also just an, realistically, it, it's just another scheme. He's making money off of other tattoo right. artists as a quote unquote mentor, somebody helping them out, somebody they giving them a pat on their back, telling them that their shit don't stink, whatever it is. Right. But I'm not saying that it's a bad thing either. He is out there providing a service for artists that need that service. Right. You know, or feel like they're going to progress. And if an artist progresses because of Russ Abbott, then good. Good fucking job. That that I'm I'm for that. What I don't agree with is the basic amount of money that they're pricing with this three-tier system okay yeah. now obviously I'm, I'm not a part of this launch pad i'm not a part of you know russ abbott's little cult or anything he wouldn't like take that you. probably not um i did do a zoom call one time with this other one it was like the tattoo business mastery or something i, I don't remember what it was called per se but um i did a zoom call just to see what it was like it and everything like, like a that pyramid scheme um well basically you know you you as an artist, you pay X amount of dollars for like three months worth of meetings weekly um, to to help people 
network to help people learn how to successfully run a business and stuff. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I actually, when I was talking to the guy over the Zoom call, um, I was like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing here for the community of tattoo artists. But realistically, for somebody like me who's been in the game for over two decades, you're sitting here saying like, hey, we can help you network. We can help you get into these tattoo conventions. Do you want to go to a tattoo convention? We can help you. Right. You know what all you need to do to go to a tattoo convention? You go to the fucking website. You fill out a form. You send it in with your $750 for your booth. Boom. Guess what? You're in the convention. Now, if you're too much of an interest, like introvert, I believe it's if you can't get out there and meet people while you're at that convention and talk to the people in the booths beside you, that's your own fucking problem. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not necessarily like it back in my day. You're not going to make it right. if you if you can't get your ass out there and get it to the front of the line and say, yo, here I am. And guess what? You're in the back of the line doing nothing but tribal and barbed wire. Yeah, man. You got to shake hands you know, and kiss babies. Exactly. Well, I don't know about kissing babies. Shake babies and kiss hands. But it is something like that. Yeah. So, but either way, you know, I now can it's see. Not, now, I mean, now you don't have to do any of that really to thrive. Yeah. Well, I, I can see how Russ Abbott's thing and this tattoo business mastery, whatever it was called. I can't, I'm not sure, but I think that was the name of it. I can see how they can be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. But I can also see how in this instance, somebody took the teachings and the this scheme, so to speak, of having this tiered thing. And it is. It is protecting the artist, too, because we're redrawing stuff. And that's taking time away from our homes. That's taking time away from, you know, you hanging out with your wife. That's taking time away from, you know, me playing guitar or, you know, prepping for, you know, my next band practice or whatever, you know. It is something that we should kind of be compensated for, but you should factor that in. You should know enough about your own artistic skills and abilities to factor that into your pricing. It's a very difficult thing, though, to um, account for every variable, especially when you haven't quite honed in on a specific style or subject matter, when you're still finding yourself as an artist, when you're still kind of taking everything that comes in through the door. Right. Now... For a guy like Russ Abbott, he could pro- he can hone in on exactly what he wants to do. And from what I've seen of this artist, who the the one in hot water, I, I can't remember the name of the artist. Uh, Should we it, even say it, the name? It, it feels it, kind it, of it weird. was like Lindsay or Lucid. Like Lucid, Lucid is the name of the tattoo parlor. Right. Um, uh, I think her name was Lindsay I, I or something. She, does, she did like watercolory kind of like it, it was nothing crazy. Typical. It right. was typical artwork. Typical tattoos. It so, wasn't anything to write home about. Right. Um, I, it was solid. You know, her her actual tattooing is solid, but it's not anything to spend thousands of dollars on, in my opinion. And see, this is just, this kind of system would, to me, apply to something that's um, a project that's going to take years, like sleeves, mm-hmm. uh, back pieces, really complicated stuff. That sometimes when you go from consultation, deposit appointment there's a lot of time in there there's there's right there never seems you never seem to quite cover enough ground and i think this system would be great for something uh for more ambitious projects for more ambitious tattoos um where you can really hone in on things that um sometimes the client doesn't know exactly what they want mm-hmm. you know they'll say they want a certain thing in their tattoo and then you show them and they're like no, not really. Like, yeah, but th- then that also just comes to being assertive enough to gearing, like, er, like leading your client to what you know as an artist is going to be the best design mm-hmm. aspect that's going to hold up the best over time, that's going to be a wow factor in the tattoo and not just a generic, you know, here here's just another fox drawing or here's just another random flower. Well, I'll say this, no matter how perceptive and um, uh, adept uh, an artist is at communicating and realizing the vision of a client for their Mm -hmm. design, uh, we've all ended up at a point where tattoo day comes, the the client isn't feeling the design, right? and you have to go, well, we have to reschedule, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Whatever the, the, the fault might lie with the artist or the client, it happens like no right. like at the end of the day we're two people trying to collaborate on something one person 
you know, knows what they want to a varying degree, but most of the time, these aren't people who aren't versed in art. They don't know what terms to use, what lingo. Right. And we're just kind of like, we, we were talking well, about this earlier about uh, uh, semantics and how everything is like, phew, language is so difficult because right. everything's up to interpretation now. What um, do you mean by that? Well, meaning no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to explain that, but <laughs> everybody knows what that it's very difficult, especially these days, to have clear communication with people. You know, right? So, I think this Russ Abbott process, uh, this method, it can be a useful tool. I it's think a good it, idea. It, it is a good it's, idea. It's a but good it's, idea, it's but a, it needs to be refined and it needs to be spe- no specified. We've but, ruined it, though. Well, we haven't. Well, okay. I'm not going to take the, I'm not, the artists. I'm not going to take that. Well, you know, I mean, you're you're part of the industry, man. Whether you like <laughs> it or not, you know. Yeah. Well, so I think a lot of that just comes to the point of the communication is what you're talking about and being clear and concise about communication. Now we have a guy at our, our studio, um, Andrew, and he solely does one style of tattooing and he communicates with his clients literally only via email. Mm -hmm. Okay. With that being said, he's got a little niche of a, a style though. He only does one specific thing, right? And he does it to a fucking T. It's it's very good. But when people come to him, they're coming to him for that one specific way. So I've only seen like one time where he's had any issue with the, the design aspect of anything. Yeah. Um, typically, a lot of uh, what I'm trying to get at is he's kind of an exception. Now, when you talk about other design aspects, you know, yeah, once in a while we get it too. And I, I get it once in a while. But I tend to call my clients, like, or or message them. You, most of my clients, like, like I said, I've been doing this to twenty four years. So, like, most of my clients are people that I've dealt with already. But you know, especially with like the newer clients, I will make sure that I look ahead in my week, know what I'm doing, and if it's something that I need to draw directly on the skin, that's usually what I'm down for. Yeah. But if it's something that I do need to do any prep work, you make damn sure that I'm fucking calling that person and I'm saying, yo, I just want to recap. What are we doing? Has any ideas changed since our first initial consultation and booking day? Because I only book once every three months. So I have people come in, they book, they put down their money, they book. I quickly talk to them about they want what they want. And then I move on to the next person. I contact them as it gets closer to the tattoo to verify. Cause I'm not drawing anything way ahead of time you know like if i know oh hey this guy's coming in i know he's wanting to tattoo of a a blue whale with you know i don't know some crazy shit around it or something yeah okay so i might see something that's going to give me inspiration you know and i'll remember oh wait hey i just saw this t-shirt that had this cool blue whale type drawing on it i'm gonna take a picture of it real quick and keep that in my files in my head of knowing like, oh, yeah, here, let me look back at this as a reference real quick, you know. But other than that, I don't really prep ahead of time, you know. And I feel like that has worked a lot for me in this sort of aspect with people having that communication because I contact them, you know, closer to the appointment, make sure we're all good to go before I actually draw anything. And I don't really draw anything till the morning of, you know, or even when the client is there. I did see uh, one of the, what is it called on TikTok when somebody reposts something and they add themselves in it. Oh, um, is it like for like a stitch? TikTok? Yeah, a yeah, stitch. stitch. Yeah. There's this guy named John Dump, or the art of John Dump. He's a, a great tattoo artist. I think he's in like in North Carolina or something like that. He had posted on there that here's the deal. I do a free consultation. Which I also do. You do. We all do free consultations. Like, I've never even heard of people charging for consultations, to be honest. Yeah, that part is. is, Um, uh, But, I I mean, maybe doctors and lawyers, but, like, dude, not to belittle things, but we're 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 tattoo artists, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're artists. We don't need to, like... Yeah, we're cool, I guess, in the viewpoints of society, whatever, but I think that... We need to step it down a little bit. We're not fucking rock stars. Yeah, not every moment of you know, your time is is valuable. Right. It needs to be compensated. Yeah. Like that by that part, I'm like, 
No, you don't charge for a consultation. Yeah. That is. But like John Domp, he was saying, you know, hey, I book my appointments. I take this amount of dollars down to book the appointment and everything. And I don't draw anything till the day of the tattoo when you get there. Mm -hmm. Then we sit there. I draw it right there with you to make sure we're doing things exactly how you want it, how I want it. We're completely going over the design together. Then I do the tattoo Mm -hmm. and I charge X amount of dollars per day, you know, and it works perfectly fine for him. You know, what is your process? How do you prefer to do things? It really depends on the tattoo. Um, Some tattoos, you know, sometimes there is a more of a a benefit from improvisation and like just kind of going with the flow. Right. It really depends what the subject matter and the style is and sometimes where it's going. You know, there's a lot of factors, you know, and. I'm a, I'm a guy, I overthink stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so I like to have a general game plan. Um, sometimes I improv more with, like, the color palette, you know. Right. So I'll have the design ready. I'll have kind of an idea where to go. Uh, but really, it's just, I kind of base it, it's all really based off of that initial consultation. Yeah. Of, like, some people have a very specific vision. And, um, you know, we try to guide them in the best direction. Obviously, you don't want something that's not going to hold up as a tattoo but also you want to you know you know uh, achieve uh, what they've got in their mind is as close to what they're thinking as possible right a lot of people don't have um, a clear vision so um, I uh, try to kind of get a uh, understand you know uh, it's like you got to know I like know a person you know by the end of it obviously right. that's not uh, feasible to uh, like fully understand like what somebody wants, but uh, you do your best. You you read people. You kind of pick up cues, and mm-hmm. um, you know, um, obviously uh, Google and Pinterest those are all great tools. You know, it's always nice to have photos, but we I always tell clients that like um, this is a jumping off point. We don't necessarily want to replicate things, and a lot of people when they do bring in pictures, they're like, I want this. Yep, but. We're artists. We want to. We want to give something that's unique to you. When we want to do our own thing. Yeah, we want to do our own thing, but we always also have to like kind of get them in the mindset of like, you see this tattoo, you love this tattoo, but wouldn't you love it more if it was like something specific to you? Right. You know. Um, but in the same aspect, none of us like to be micromanaged. That's another thing too. You I know? mean, I can tell you right off the bat when somebody comes in that is interested in me doing their tattoo, and I'm talking to them. And I can tell right off the bat that they're like, well, I want this and this and this, and I want this like this and that and everything. And can you get all my uh, grandsons and granddaughters? Yeah, I want all of these names in this infinity symbol with a feather. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, well, the thing is. Can you you put blue eyes in that infinity (laughs) sign? Make sure it has blue eyes and a crown. Yeah. And maybe a pink drop shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to show show how manly I am. Maybe some periwinkle. Uh, but no, I mean, like I do my best as to try to include as many details as the client wants, but there is a, what is it? Uh, you can't shove uh 10 pounds of shit in a one pound bag or something like that. What is yeah, it? Uh, is ten, the, there's like an old 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah. Something like that. So like there comes a certain point where you just have to be assertive enough as an artist. And this is one thing that I've tried to explain to, you know, apprentices over the years and stuff like that. It actually took Andrew a while to get it too. But you just have to really push yourself and be like, yo, hey, you want a good tattoo? Then let me do my job. It's tough, man. It's and it is because you also have that fine line of like, you don't want to be bossy, but you want to make sure that what you are producing is to the best of your ability. Yeah. And I mean, there's sometimes when like uh, we even had an issue with, uh, you know, one of the people at the shop. They were dealing with a client that had been, you know, kind of on a waiting list and then finally were able to try to get in. And the person was just like really, really specific about like, well, I need this to be exactly this way. And I need this part to turn that way and look like this. And I want to change the color of this on my existing tattoo. And it was like a whole list of different things that it it just got to the point where it was almost to the point of so nitpicking and then the person just continued to like send messages via like facebook to the artist explaining like 
family history and and job stuff and this and this and this as to why certain things are in this tattoo. And I'll, I'll be frank with you. I don't fucking care. I mean, like, I care about the people that I tattoo. I care about them as people. But I don't need to know the backstory of every single detail yeah. of, you know, well, I need this flower colored red because I had a dog when I was 12 or something like I don't we don't need to know that sort of detail. What do you need a roadmap? What do you need a roadmap? That's what we should have named this episode. What do you need a roadmap? <laughs> yeah. Where's the applause? Nothing. No applause for you. No applause. So, OK, at all. getting back to. Okay, so as we've clearly yeah, illustrated, there's a lot of factors that come into play. This is not an easy um, process to explain. It takes years of figuring it out, and we've all got the same answers, and we've all got different answers. And it's hard to figure, like, hard to navigate it, right? And and have a consistent like process. And that's what we're trying to do: have a consistent process that we can apply to every client. So going back to Tattoo Gate. Uh, I'll, like, well, a lot it would of be nice to get everybody in our tattoo community to do the same thing. Well, hang on. A lot of people are, it's an argument between who is responsible here. Is it the client for um, allowing herself to be taken advantage of and not just saying, no, I'm not going to pay that fee? And, and she wasn't very, the only one. Well, she, it's not a very popular opinion amongst the tattoo industry. Right. Amongst the, the artist. A lot of people think that the artist is solely responsible for um, every step of the way. Right. It's hard to it's hard to sympathize with her. But a lot of people think all the blame lies on Russ Abbott for teaching this person how to do this. Now, I don't like that particular mindset. I don't I think at the end of the day people are responsible for their own actions and look, you know, just because somebody's popular and and somebody gets paid a lot of money doesn't mean what they're saying is is um, irrefutable. I feel like this goes back to the guns don't kill people, people kill people. Well, yeah, it's just like I think there's Whose a, fault is it? It's a very uh, uh, popular idea that somehow the more um, likes and followers you have, that the more weight your opinion carries, so therefore you're more responsible for who takes what you say to heart. Right. And I think that's a really fucking dangerous mindset we're going on. Well, and also, like you mentioned... Russ Abbott has a pretty decently known name. Yeah. You know, he runs Tattoo Smart, which, you know, I've downloaded brushes from there. I also have my own reservations with uh, things like Tattoo Smart, where it's just it's just flash, a lot of it. It's, it's the old school stuff that people talk shit about. You know, like, oh, I got this stamp, you know, brush for roses. Okay, well, draw the rose. Don't use the stamp. You know, but you know how many people are out there just using the stamp? You might as well Stand go back to you might as well go back to the Cherry Creek Flash and draw the same rose on ten different bikers over the weekend. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's the same shit. But either way, that's that's, that's could a be whole a whole other episode there. Um, but like, yeah, I I I've downloaded brushes, you know, different ones like graffiti brushes and all sorts of different things from so, from there. So what do you think? Where does the I don't think it's lie? his fault. I I feel like he. Which, by the way, in his. Sorry, go ahead. Well, well, okay. So I, I think you're gonna start talking about his apology or his statement. His eight part. Uh, his eight part statement chat, on Instagram. G- GPT. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Response. Why would he feel it necessary to tag the lady that this happened to, and then offer her a refund mm-hmm. of the fifteen hundred dollars that she spent with the artist that she didn't get the tattoo from? He's only saying this, and many people put this on on there, like, you sound like a politician, you know, whatever. Fact is, he's only saying that to save his own ass. He's trying to make himself look good. And at that, I got to say, dude, that was, you don't need to do that. You know, this is, uh, teachers can't be responsible for the things that the students do once they're out of the classroom, so to speak. So for him to take any responsibility, I think that shows a big amount of weakness. Yeah, by offering to pay, like refund the money, right? He's essentially going like, "Yeah, this is on me." But now, at the I also same saw time, some guy actually went ahead and and 
tag the lady and he's like, I'm going to fly you out here to LA and I'm going to do this tattoo for free. Thanks to me and H2 Ocean, you know, or whatever it is that he was sponsored by. Oh my goodness. Fucking finger. This is, and this is where I'm like the whole, um, and he's just doing it to it's cloud chasing. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? Fine. But let's not be high, you know, high minded and think that, Oh, that, you know, rectifying a wrong. Yeah. Like, and I'm always suspicious of people who, um, I'm going to use the term virtue signaling, you know, um, it, it is what it is. It's showing that you're a good person without having to do any work. Oh, I don't charge for consultations. It's like wearing that as a badge of honor because it didn't occur to you to rip off a client. Like right. doesn't make you like a good person. Like just because somebody did something shitty yeah. doesn't mean you're good. And that's what I feel a lot of the motivation behind the whole cancellation of this artist. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this artist should completely lose her career. I think she definitely should have refunded the money. Um, yeah. Um, I think it would have gone a long way. I do think that there should be some sort of like, yeah, you need to take a year and kind of rebuild because your reputation's like, but this is where I, this is what I mean by the artist should have shut up. They should have let the marketplace work itself out. Mm hmm. Have the client tell all the other clients, "Ew, don't go to this artist. They're gonna rip you off. Right. They're using this fucked up method. Don't, right. don't go." We should have all just code of silence. But everybody was too eager to grandstand and moralize. And I'm not. I you know I can't look into people's hearts and minds and and say that, you know, they weren't actually concerned. But and this is where I guess I we sound like hypocrites. Or I sound like a hypocrite for going, you know, giving your opinion when you should just. Shut up! Right. But like, fuck it. I I'm a hypocrite. Like I I'm willing to admit I'm a hypocrite. You know the the funny thing about it too is, back in the day, you know, and and I could talk about this in another podcast too, um, but we should make notes actually of everything that we come up with while we're talking about other things that we could talk about. Oh, we'd God. we'd have like two hundred shows after just one show. You know, how would but, we even do that? Well, the thing is like. So I, I come from a time and era where, you know, the tattoo industry really didn't want attention. I mean, like, we wanted to stay busy, obviously. We wanted to do our job. We wanted to create art. But we didn't need 150 likes on a photo. Mm-hmm. We didn't need that that social networking that everybody thrives for today. You know, but and we just simply had word of mouth. That was it. You know, and and I've been tattooing so long, like we've tried different advertising aspects. Word of mouth is literally all we needed. One person to another. You know, you didn't need to go off online and doing this stuff because we didn't have that back then, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. But um, it's the point I'm trying to get at, though, <laughs> is frankly, it's just absurd that everybody wants attention and it's bringing more attention to us. It's bringing more attention to what we do, and it is bringing more attention to what people charge. And okay, now yeah. me personally, you know my philosophy. You work at the shop, you know. You know, I always say, be honest, claim everything. But you know that there are people out there that don't, and and the more how terrible more this gets out there, the more people are going to be like, oh, wait a minute, how much money is that guy making? You know, how come you only paid in this much? All of that stuff. Now, like I said, I'm honest about it because I don't want to get, I, I don't want to try to screw the, the government or anything because they, that's a place that you can try to take advantage of, but they can definitely take more advantage of you. And I'm not down with that. So I stay honest and everything, but I don't think our industry needs more attention. You know, we've talked about this with different, uh, Different things uh, regarding, um, you know, requirements to do tattoos, you know, requirements uh, within the state and everything like that. Do we need more requirements? Because that's all attention is going to grab is, you know, more people coming down on us. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this whole debacle is probably going to wind up making people have to drop prices, if yeah, anything. It's a feedback loop. People don't yeah. think about the unintended consequences of what they say and do. Right. They always just they just react. Yeah. You know, and that's that's 
that bugs me, man. Like you don't think about, you know, going out there and, you know, <sighs> this is going to sound whatever, but, you know, let he is who is without sin cast the first stone, you know, people who live in glass houses. I'm like, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some sort of uh, um, consequence to, for what this artist did, but this is kind of like the I whole thing. I think she's going to get her own consequences. Yeah. I, yeah. But it's like, this is the whole thing of cancel culture of like, people make this argument of like, no, this is, this is bad. Like cancel culture is just, is just so uh, destructive and terrible. And then you have people on the other side going, no, it's consequences. And it's like, it's one thing to have consequences for your actions, but then to have it um, reverberate with people you have on the other side of the world who mm -hmm. can basically just destroy your fucking like career or life or, you know, in one, you know, with such brute force and so swiftly yeah. that it basically you're being canceled as Did you see where, where they uh, so many people were going on giving like one star reviews to this place, but then they it was the wrong yeah. tattoo shop? Could you imagine how that would suck? Like having another tattoo shop somewhere else called the same thing and people idiotically, well, I'm just going to go give them a bad review. Yeah. And it's the wrong fucking place. Like remember four that, guys like, remember, that run that shop. Yeah, remember that uh, back in the Kanye controversy, you know, of, of the long, long ago of however long ago that was. It feels like five years now. But uh, it was probably like two days ago. Well, Chappelle went on SNL and he had this. Oh, yeah. He had uh, it was funny to me, but uh, he had this line that everybody was so uh, mad at Kanye that uh, Kyrie Irving got in trouble. Yeah. Where it's like people who aren't this artist are pay are paying for the shit that she did mm -hmm. because people are so fucking mad and they have to like punish her. They right. have to they can't just let things happen. They right. have to actively just grab everybody's got a fucking jagged rock. Yeah. That they're waiting to throw at people. And this and is And dude, even even in even in Russ Abbott's apologies and stuff like that, people were the comments were ridiculous. Yeah. You know. I remember you showed me that whole thing like somebody was saying like Oh, micro penis, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like that's cutting it too low, man. That's like, well, it's like the whole thing with like, you know, like Hitler. It's like not bad enough that he like, obviously what he did was wrong, right. but it's like, you know, he had only one ball, right? <laughs> like all this weird shit of like, yeah, he had a fucked up dick. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, he he was fucked up enough. It's, like it's one thing, yeah. It's like, like this. You have to be so thoroughly vilified. Yeah. yeah, and. But but really, then you got to stop and think like, okay, well, um, who do you blame here? Do you blame Hitler or do you blame the soldiers that he told to go kill people? Well, and this is where uh, another right? aspect. So do, of... do you blame Russ Abbott? Or do you... <laughs> I'm not trying to like. <laughs> We're going off the. I'm no, just honestly, around this is here, like but... the, the the end point of every uh, discussion on the internet is. Uh, I think they. What is it? What do they call it? There's some um, uh, thing. Uh, where uh, every argument turns into a, an argument about Hitler. Oh my goodness! But it's like it, at the point of like, w at what point are we res responsible for what we think and do, mm -hmm. and at what point are we responsible for other people with our own viewpoints? Well, we could get back to that, but the one thing that I keep going back in my head about with this lady charging, you know, X amount of dollars for, or even the whole process that Russ Abbott is is doing, and I even saw a video where he was interviewing another gentleman that had taken this course and implemented things. And he was like making like $5,000 off of people before he even tattooed them. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, how much are you going to bleed people dry? Like to me, I've always come up with knowing that if I tattoo somebody and I treat them right, they're going to come back to me. Mm -hmm. I give them a good tattoo. I give them a fair, decent price. And I talk to them as if they're you. You know, I talk to them like my friend. Yeah. I joke with them. I give them shit about stuff. That's how I show affection. Yeah. Like, this is how I act with people. And I treat people the way that I treat everybody else. So my thought is, you treat people right, they're going to come back to you. Okay. To me, I'm sitting here thinking like, yo, if I charged, if you came in as a client and I charged you, $180 for just to talk to me. Then I charge oh you. Oh boy, this guy must be important. Wow. It must be worth it. Maybe he'll sign this napkin. That sketch is going to be really great. Great. 
And, you know, I do this half-assed, you know, sketch and stuff like that, like scribble on the paper. Hey, have you seen this girl? Yeah, that's Ramona Flowers. You know what? Anyway. Hey, Pablo Picasso paid for like really expensive meals by drawing on napkins, didn't he? Like- uh, you know, there was somebody I saw someone talking about that where like he just did this. Somebody saw a famous painter, did a crappy sketch on a napkin and gave it to the person and, and said that's $200 or something, whatever. And they're like, well, this is a, just a crappy sketch. And he's like, you're not paying for the 10 minutes that I just drew. You're paying for the years of experience and who I am. Yeah. And I get it. You know, musicians are the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can not you can go see Aerosmith now for like $400 a ticket or something, or Blink-182, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, four to $700 for a ticket over in Chicago. Whereas, you know, when I was coming out of high school and they were popular and stuff like that, you could go see them for 20 bucks. Right. Now, granted, there's an inflation difference there, but they're also more popular now than they were. I flew or I drove out to California. I got a portrait from Roman Abrego of Indiana Jones on my leg. I paid his, it was a very fair price. It was like $800. Tipped him like $400. It was a great thing. He came in like on a Sunday. It was actually like a Father's Day mm-hmm. and did this tattoo on me. I drove there. I sought, sought him out for his style and his tattoo. This lady sought out that artist for her style and her tattoo. However, the sad thing about it is her style is no different really than anyone else's Pinterest style nowadays with a splash of watercolor. It's not anything special, right? Well, see, and that's is... where the the person who fell for this, I'm still like, girl, you were dumb, dude. Like, why would you even do that? And she's like, I thought that was the process. I don't know, man. I'm not going to. But to each your own. I, I mean, common sense is something that not everybody has. Well, you're a monster for thinking. I'm the one that, yeah. I'm buyer beware. Be, yeah. And buyer beware. Look, man, you know. We shouldn't be used car salesmen. There should be, I, I, you know, as an artist, uh, the money um, is um, is only to get the opportunity to do more art. Right. I made peace with the fact that I'm going to die broke, and you know, you know, I tell you what, living one, in a shack. There was a guy I worked for. Um, I worked at this shop outside of uh, Minnesota or Minneapolis for a while, and he was this old biker da- dude. Pretty much the only guy that I've ever been physically scared of in my entire life. Um, You're not ex- physically scared of me? No. I'm not, not, I'm, I'm not scared to get beat up. But this guy was like a ex-Vietnam vet, ex-con, psycho motherfucker, like six foot something. Um, anyways, and I, I, I'd literally seen him beat the crap out of people and stuff. But either way, that's old biker days. You know, old rough and tumble studios that uh, you can't really even call art. It was just get them in, get the money, get them out, flash tattoos. But either way, the biggest thing that I learned from this guy was actually (laughs) pretty much, I, I, I don't even know how to say it, but it was to the point of you have the opportunity to make a living doing what you want to do. Even though it's clients coming in asking you for that, for this, for this, for that, you are getting to choose to do that as your job. And you can make a very, very comfortable living as a tattoo artist, but you're not going to get rich. Mm -hmm. If your goal is to get rich, you better get better at playing guitar, boy. That's what he said to me. But if you just want to live a comfortable, fair life, then keep on keeping on with the tattooing. And I was like, yeah, that's that's good enough for me. I'm not a I'm not a type of person that I'm trying to screw people over. More more times than not, I charge probably the least than anybody at the studio because I I still have that mindset of back 20 years ago like, hey man, 100 bucks is still a lot of money. You know, and realistically, yeah, the the dollar has changed, you know, but I'm still like, I also just think it's an honor that people want me to tattoo them. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I've been booking it for 20 years, you know, I still am just like honored. Yeah, I want to, I'll do that tattoo for you. It's not my style, but yeah. That's why you don't have a very lucrative it. career as a prostitute. 
Oh my well, God, you want to get with me? <laughs> yeah, I have been 20 getting bucks? $10. 20 bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I agree with that sentiment um, that uh, it's so rare that people get to do what they want for a living, you know? Make, right. you make your um, vocation your vacation, and you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. You know, you, you say that a lot. You All the music you listen to is very, like, you know, it's you're having a good time. And um, to me, the money and, and getting to live... Um, you know, a comfortable life is, is a bonus. Right. Like we don't, I don't, I don't do this because I want or like it's lucrative. I do it cause I have to like art is a calling. Right. Or it, it should be. Now the other thing I, I don't really necessarily like the idea of people in the industry policing each other on what their art's worth. Like, yeah. yes, I do agree that this artist it's not a style that you can only get from her. Right. But there are people who connect with that mm-hmm. and people who are willing to pay for that from that specific artist. And I think on that level, I think it's kind of cruel what we do to each other sometimes. I think we do lose sight of like the larger picture of what we do. And I think in, in necessary ways and also in unnecessary ways, um, we're too hard on ourselves and each other. Right. And I, I think we lose sight that of, of the pursuit of, like, art and, like, you know, just it's, uh, it's subjective at the end of the day. It's, like, it's so um, tricky to figure out, like, you know, something that looks like crap to you, it means the world to somebody else, you know? Right. And well, then we always get in the mindset of, like, I'm too good to do certain tattoos that yeah. are done over and over again. But to that person who, you know, gets a, a small tattoo that's not ambitious, it's very simple, it's very, you know... Um, it still means a lot. Yeah, it's like, it means more than my uh, all all my tattoos combined to me. Right. Because everybody has different priorities, and art means, it, it has so much, uh, uh, there's different meaning for people. It's you know, infinite. I want to touch on something that you just said. You said that, uh, you know, uh, that person just wanted to connect with that particular artist. And... You know, on top of that, they had the ability to spend that money on it. And I've said this multiple, multiple times, and not really regarding money issues, but more so just a client and the vibe that you have in between each other, with each other, is there is a clientele for every artist. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, if if you will, um, and I, I don't really like even using this analogy, but there's the people of Walmart and there are the people of Walmart tattooers. There's your target level of shoppers and your target level of tattooers. There's like your, you know, McDonald's people Mm -hmm. and your McDonald's tattooers. There's your then like higher quality steakhouse people and yours, your higher quality tattooers too. Every level of clientele, there's a level of, tattooer for mm-hmm. i personally like to try to hit all demographics i mean like because i i'm dude i'm a little bit of trash and i'm a little bit of king you know what i'm like i i play all of the roles in there you know i i can get down and dirty but i also can a man be, for all seasons yeah i can also be very you know <laughs> not too smart but you know business in the front party in the back something like that man joe dirt baby i need a mullet right now but I don't know where I'm really going with that, other than the fact that just this lady had the ability to to pay that much mm-hmm. because that's what she wanted. She wanted to go to that particular artist. There was another person that did a stitch video and stuff, and she had she was out like four grand, mm-hmm. you know, because she actually went and got the tattoo from the lady, wound up getting tattooed for only like two and a half hours, and the lady was like, "Well, I gotta go get my kids. You owe me nineteen hundred dollars because I charge a day rate. Doesn't matter if it's two hours or ten hours." Yeah. Now, that's where it's, like, bullshit. But um, either way, the the thing is, some people have the ability to drive a BMW. Some people can only afford that shitty Chevy Cavalier from the used car station. Right. Same with tattooing. Some people go get, you know, your, your quick walk-in tattoo from, you know, somebody that, you know, might be just starting out or just somebody that's just not that talented or anything like that. Or shit, sometimes we do walk-in tattoos if we have a day open or something. But 
then you've got the people like, you know, me, for example, I'm like sitting here thinking, man, I want to travel out to, you know, England and have this one dude do my throat, you know, because I dig his style. I dig this tattoo, right? And I'm willing to get a passport, go to England, get my throat, you know, gnawed on for a while. And, and I think that that would be a fun experience, you know? I don't know. I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really know where I was going with this, but other than the fact that, hey, some people can afford to go to the people that like that. And right. it it's that connection that you were talking about that they're thriving in or they, they're looking for. Right, and that's what makes um, what that artist did so incredibly shitty of like, there's a difference between knowing your worth and uh, thinking you walk on water, and this yeah. is where the oh really a consultation's a hundred eighty dollars for what a half hour Zoom call where it's not even it was supposed to be forty five minutes and it ended up only being a half hour yeah but clearly the artist thought that she got enough information when she clearly didn't and didn't attempt to um, follow through on it I don't know I, I I always hesitate to all this shit's been go gone over in terms of like this artist being shitty. I'm more interested in the lar the larger conversation and the unforeseen consequences of 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 this. Now, maybe I'm over uh, selling that um, the way cycles work out. Everybody's already sick of this. Um, right, it's already old news. It's uh, been four days. Well, my wife was saying just before this. I guess there was some sort of cake gate. I think the larger villain is the idea of. <laughs> I think Watergate, just for any controversy, uh, blank gate. Is that why gate. they're calling it this? Yeah, that's. Dude, there's been Comics Gate, Watergate, any sort of controversy oh, in the news. It's see, something. I, gate. I'm so like, there's some things that I'm super smart about, and then there are some things that I'm just completely naive about. Yeah. I had no idea that it was like, okay, Watergate, Tattoo Gate. So, I why do you it. think I they called it, it Tattoo Gate? What, what? I didn't know. But like, I literally didn't idea? know. I didn't even like try to Google it or anything. I was just like, but it oh. never occurred to you like why it was called Tattoo Gate? Oh, no, I thought, like, why? Yeah. Why are they calling it this? And I just kind of thought, well, maybe something in Russ's, you know, s little seminars and stuff had the name Tattoo Gate in it. I didn't even know. You think, uh, I mean, obviously, Russ Abbott's um, career is probably going to take, or at least his revenue stream is going to take a hit, right? So, like, this will be the new tattoo school where it's like, if you did this seminar, you're going to be persona non grata amongst tattoo artists. Which well, I never... who's going to know? Who's going to know who did that? I mean, it's like, though. who's going to know? I mean, it's like when people like, you know, go to an artist and go, I I went to a tattoo school. Like a lot of those artists go, fuck, right. fuck this guy, which mm. I was always like, come on, guys. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't get worked about, about scratchers and I don't work, get worked up about tattoo school. I, at the end of the day, I, I people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you can't control everything. If you try to if you get worked up about every aspect of what's going on in this industry, like there's enough for you to do on your own. Like this whole policing each other is just kind of, and that just goes back to the whole thing of people like, Hey, I'm more interested in what you're doing than perfecting what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting here trying to point fingers at you to bring you down. When you point your finger, you know. there's or three pointing oh, back at you. Holy actually shit. Actually, they're pointing off to the side, so they're not even pointing towards me. But you know what? At the end of the day, everybody loves a good controversy. Everybody loves to gossip and shit talk. Right. And well, here we are. <laughs> this was everybody taking down a giant, you know, name in the industry. And people love it. People love, like, you know. and then Misery loves company, right? Well, they love to take down, like, somebody who's bigger than them. And I'm not yeah. saying, like, it's not just. Oh, he's a big boy. Yeah. Well, I don't like. I don't like. I don't know the fella, but um, I'm just kidding around. Yeah, but he's uh, actually lost a lot of weight. I I don't keep track of that shit, man. I'm yeah. too busy. Trying Why to... I met him one time at a tattoo convention like a long time ago in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. and you knew, you knew this guy was bad news. <laughs> you knew one day he was. You know, gonna... I actually I actually wanted to get a tattoo from him um, because I had I had a break in my my schedule. I went over to his booth and uh, I actually tried to get his attention. And he's sitting there with his headphones on. He's drawing on a, a on somebody, and he literally looked directly at me. I put my hand up and like nodded, like, "Hey, you know, I want to talk to you." He looked directly in my eyes, turned back, and just kept drawing. 
like fucking ignored me completely, you know. Maybe he was just in his own. Hey, he was in his zone, I guess. Or maybe yeah. he just didn't like the look of you. Probably not. I was standing there with Chris, so. Yeah, I mean. I mean. Different priorities. She's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he probably saw it in her eyes. He was like, "Nah, that girl's gonna stab me." She's gonna yeah. ruin me. But right. uh, yeah, man, I think we covered. Uh, There's a good post mortem on the whole tattoo gate affair. Right. So. Well, I guess uh, we could go ahead and uh, call her a night on this one then. And uh, it was good talking with you, Zach. Good talking with you, Jason. And thank you for uh, whoever might be listening out there. This has been It Burns When I Pod.